1: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
0: to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC.
1: Welcome once again, everybody. It is the Throwback League. I'm your host, Josh Lewin. This is a 48 team tournament. We play a game each week. 48 weeks in a row, we involve the 32 World Series champions from the mid-1970s. Right through the year 2006, we've got an at-large field of 16 pennant winners we throw in there. We simulate the games on the WhatIfSports.com algorithm. That's the website of choice. Our website is live. You can track the progress of the brackets here. Yeah, brackets. We are at thethrowbackleague.com. Last week, we had the Battle of Ohio. We had the 95 Indians and the 1990 Reds. This time we dig in on one of those could-go-either-way eight-versus-nine battles in this region. Got the 74 NL champion L.A. Dodgers taking on the 87 World Series champion Minnesota Twins. There's a uh, basketball tie-in here with the uh, the Minnesota-L.A. thing. The L.A. Lakers started in Minneapolis, you might know, before shifting out west, where the nickname now makes no sense whatsoever. Same for the Utah Jazz, having left New Orleans, by the way. Minnesota's funny. Minnesota is such a polite, gentle, almost sheepish countenance from the natives. Minnesota nice, they call it. And I think that's best represented with this whole land of 10,000 lakes thing. There are actually closer to 12,000 lakes in the state of Minnesota. They round down. In L.A., they'd be claiming at least 80,000 lakes. But in Minnesota, it's kind of like, no, it's okay. And uh, I, I, maybe that's why it was so interesting that in 87, when they got to that World Series, they made so much noise the metrodome was just rocking when tom kelly's twins secured that world series win against the cardinals great seven game series we'll revisit that in just a bit let's get the thoughts of our pregame analyst first the longtime voice of espn sunday night baseball john miller here he is on that fascinating team that won the hearts of the upper midwest some 33 years ago
0: i remember when the twins moved into the metrodome in 1982 There were so many home runs that were being hit there that they called it the Homer Dome. There was no air conditioning. They said, oh, not needed. Uh, But in the summertime when it would get hot, it would be so hot in there, the ball just would fly. That was pre-baggy in right field. The the fence in right field was only seven feet high, as it was all the way around. So uh, it was a ball club, though, that was very young, uh, Herbeck, Gaetti, uh, Brunansky, uh, Puckett—these were all really young guys. Puckett, I don't even think was even there yet. He was—he was so young. He was still in the minor leagues. But uh, by 1987, uh, these guys were a hardened, veteran group, and uh, they had evolved into one of the, the the powers. But they loved their own ballpark. There were so many quirks in the Metrodome. It's hard to divorce the World Series that year from the ballpark itself and the Twins won every game at the Metrodome and lost every game in St. Louis and uh, it was a a crazy thing which has not been so unusual since then but uh, it was sort of the, the flip side of Washington and the Astros where every team Won every road game, which is the only time in history. So, anyway, uh, that Minnesota team was a fun team, and uh, I, I think the uh, uh, they they've been trying to find that magic ever since because that was about as good as it has ever gotten for the Twins.
1: Thanks, John. And yes, as you suggested, so much magic was made there in that domed stadium shared by the Vikings, the one with the hefty bag rooftop built at the edge of downtown. It will be unceremoniously blown up after Target Field is built and the Vikings' new stadium is done. We'll get in-depth with those 87 Twins in a couple minutes, but first let's spend some time with the road team. The 74 Dodgers, managed by Walter Alston, 102-60 and 60 in the regular season. They won the NL West by four games over the Reds. Mike Marshall pitched in a ridiculous and record-setting 106 games out of the bullpen, backed by a rotation led by Doug Rao, Andy Messersmith, and of course Don Sutton, who will pitch for L.A. today. Sutton went 2-0 in the NLCS against the Pirates, winning that finale 12-1 on the World Series against the A's, who beat him in five. Marshall, the Cy Young that year, Garvey, the NL MVP, Jimmy, the toy Cannon win, who recently passed away. He was Comeback Player of the Year. Around Major League Baseball in 74, Rod Carew led the American League into hitting that for the Twins in Bloomington Outdoors, 364 batting average. Ralph Garr led the National League for Atlanta at 353. Home run leaders were Dick Allen and Mike Schmidt in the two leagues, respectively. Fergie Jenkins won 25 in the AL. Messert Smith and Phil Necro each won 20 in the National League. ERA champions were Catfish Hunter in the AL. Buzz Capra Really, of the Atlanta Braves, 2.28 to take it in the NL. Nolan Ryan and Steve Carlton, your strikeout leaders in both leagues. There were two fans on the field moments, I want to note, for you in 74. April 8th, when Hank Aaron hit a home run number 715 off the Dodgers' Al Downing. That broke the Babe Ruth home run record. And yeah, two fans running onto the field to congratulate Hank, kind of took him around second and third base. Then June 4th, the Indians, with their uh, very ill-advised 10-cent beer promotion for a game against the Rangers at Old Municipal Stadium, Cleveland having a forfeit after an alcohol-fueled mayhem spreading from the stands onto the field. Also that summer, Bob Gibson of the Cardinals striking out Cesar Geronimo to become the second pitcher to get to 3,000 strikeouts. And Geronimo would later become Nolan Ryan's 3,000th strikeout victim, too. Nolan Ryan, his last start of the year. Then with the Angels, his third career no-hitter, victimizing these Minnesota Twins. Don Wilson of the Astros would throw a two-hit shutout against the Braves that same day. It would be Wilson's last major league game, followed barely three months later by his unfortunate accidental death. Pop Culture 74, the influential songs, I guess, were Rebel Rebel, Cats in the Cradle, Seasons in the Sun. Movies to watch, it was Godfather Part Two. Benji, Benji the Dog, Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Mel Brooks double-dipped with Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, or possibly Frankenstein, that's neither here nor there, and possibly Abby Normal. The New York Telephone Company rolled out Dial a Joke with Henny Youngman, Johnny Carson and Carol Burnett, the comedians of note. The Quotes of Note in 74, Richard Nixon said, You won't have Dick Nixon a kick around anymore. And uh, more likely, maybe you were hearing dynamite all the time from Jimmy J.J. Walker on the TV show Good Times. All in the Family, probably the most talked about show there, Meathead. Elsewhere, off TV, the national speed limit lowered to 55 miles an hour. And post-it notes were invented. So, good for you, 1974. Let's post that 74 Dodgers starting lineup for you now. Leading off at second base, it's Davey Lopes. Von Joshua gets the calls DH. Got a DH here, playing the 87 Twins. Jimmy Wynn in center. Steve Garvey at first. Steve Yeager is the catcher batting fifth. Willie Crawford's in right. Bill Buckner in left field. Bill Russell at short. Ron Say, the Penguin, at third base for L.A. And on the mound will be the 19-game winner, Don Sutton, facing the Homer Hanky heroes here in Minneapolis. The 87 Minnesota Twins won their first World Series, having moved from Washington, D.C. as the original Senators back in 1961. Only 85 regular season wins here in 87, so remarkable that they got that done. Tom Kelly in his first year on the job. Minnesota with a, a bad road record, 29-52. and 52. But they made up for it, winning 56 times at home. They had the best home field advantage in baseball. And they played in a very weak division. Only two teams finishing above 500, And only 10 games separated the Twins from the last-place Angels that year. 87 was the first year the Twins started using their modernized logos and uniforms, which are still pretty much in use today. Only one Twin made the All-Star game. That was Kirby Puckett. And over a late August weekend in Milwaukee, Puckett went 10-for-11, had four home runs. And that uh, pretty much told the story of Kirby Puckett at that time. Joe Necro, one of the pitchers for the Twins, got a 10-game suspension. Minnesota native Tim Cheetah, umpire, discovered an emery board in his pocket. And there was the uh, suspicion of scuffing the ball, emery board flying out of Necro's pocket. Necro said he was just filing his nails in the dugout, but AL president Dr. Bobby Brown didn't believe him, ordered the suspension. This was the, uh, the last year for a long time that the Twins were stocked with power hitting. They had Puckett, they had Herbeck, they had Gaetti, Tom Bernanski. Those guys combined to hit 125 all by themselves. Puckett led the American League at 207 hits in 87. Mentioned that stretch where he went 10 of 11 in Milwaukee. Top three starting pitchers, Frank Viola, Bert Blylevin, Les Straker providing the stability. They had Mike Smithson, Necro, Jeff Fitiger, a little less reliable. They had the closer, Jeff Reardon, who had just come on joining the team, and uh, Juan Berenguer, the very reliable setup man. Twins won the ALCS, beating the Tigers four games to one. Gaetti, the ALCS MVP, homered in his first two postseason at bats. Twins won that series, winning two of the three road games at Detroit. They have been 4-8 and eight in the regular season against the Tigers, and 4-1 and one against them in October. The Twins then won all four home games to beat the Cardinals in the World Series, Frank Viola, Series MVP, although it really was the the Twins' bats who were most instrumental in the first three wins outscored the Cardinals 29 to 10. Game seven was set up. Viola beat Danny Cox. Jack Clark and Terry Pendleton were unavailable for the Cardinals at World Series, and that certainly helped. Jeff Reardon closed it out in the ninth, getting Tommy Hur, Kurt Ford, and Willie McGee in that order. Gaetti to Herbeck for the final out of the year. Elsewhere in the majors in 1987. Catfish Hunter and Billy Williams went into the Hall of Fame. Your MVPs were George Bell and Andre Dawson. Dawson for a last-place Cubs team. Cy Youngs were Roger Clemens and the Phillies' Steve Bedrosian. Early in that season, Al Campanis, the GM for the Dodgers, former teammate of Jackie Robinson, went on Nightline, got asked by Ted Koppel about why more African Americans don't become managers or executives, and Al Campanis kind of put his foot in it, and that would be the end of Al Campanis. Ken Griffey Jr., the number one pick in the draft. Tim Raines, the MVP of the All-Star Game that summer. An All-Star Game that was scoreless through 12 innings. Pop culture in 87. Yuppies were at the top of the social food chain. Watching the Princess Bride, Moonstruck, Dirty Dancing, and of course Wall Street, which taught us greed is good. On a more serious side, all eyes were on 18-month-old Jessica McClure at one point. Remember that? She fell into that well in Midland, Texas. Made it out alive, thankfully. Jim Baker resigned as host of the uh, PTL Club in 87, the scandal with his secretary, Jessica Hahn. Gary Hart, speaking of scandals, he had to forget about the 88 campaign for the U.S. presidency. Once again, uh, there was a woman involved. That was Donna Rice. Meantime, The Simpsons started out as an animated short on The Tracy Ullman Show. After two and a half seasons, David and Maddie finally did it on Moonlighting. Then the audience stopped watching the show pretty much right after they they did that. Giants beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Phil Simms was the first ever to say, I'm going to Disney World, once he'd been named MVP of that game. So that's our 1987 context. Here is the 1987 lineup for the home team, the Minnesota Twins. Leading off and left, it's Dan Gladden. Roy Smalley will DH in this one. Ken Herbeck at first. Kirby Puckett's in center. Tom Bernanski in right. Gaetti's at third with a gold glover in 87. Greg Gagne is the shortstop. Tim Laudner, the catcher. Steve Lombardozzi at second base. Bert Bleileven out there on the mound, warming up. Curveball specialist, future Hall of Famer, wonderful practical joker, hot puts a specialty. And farting a specialty, but we, we needn't go into that here. Already a World Series winner with the Pirates in 79. This year on the mound, a 15-12 and 12, 4.01 ERA. Back-to-back 4.01 ERAs, in fact, for Blylevin, who's 36 years old now. 196 strikeouts this year, but also 101 walks. 46 home runs allowed, and not the ace of this staff. at designation going to the lefty, Frank Viola. We will hear from Blylevin himself later in the broadcast, but for now, Almost ready here at the Metrodome. Plastic blue seats. The walls are basically dark tarpaulins, seven feet high, stretched out from 343 to left, just 327 down the right field line. Two-decked stadium. One yellow seat out in the center field stands, eventually, noting where Kirby Puckett will homer in game six of a World Series of note. AstroTurf instead of SportTurf starting this year with that vanilla-colored rooftop up overhead. Fans have filed in, dome dogs being sold and consumed. Careful when you leave this place, by the way. You walk through the glass doors that open up and the compressed air can shoot your hat right off your head. Big whoosh of wind that comes out of nowhere. The inimitable PA announcer Bob Casey intones there is no smoking at the Metrodome. And you hear him announce names like Tom Bernanski and Chuck Knobloch, not exactly a soft summer symphony. It's kind of closer to an assault. Anyway, here we go. Davey Lopes, right-hand hitting second baseman. 266 hitter, 10 home runs, 59 steals. And here's ball one with a fastball outside. We are underway. Lopes had a game in 74. Set a Dodgers record 15 total bases against the Cubs in an 18-8 win at Wrigley. Had three home runs in that game. Pitches outside again. It's 2-0. Dodgers in their classic visiting grays with the blue trim, blue caps, Twins in home white pinstripes, dark blue caps with the red letter M across the front, the word Twins stylishly written in red across their chests. Here's a 2-0. It's cut on, lofted towards left. Dan Gladden has a beat on it, a little bit towards center. Pounds the glove, makes the catch. Kirby Puckett getting out of his way. There's one down. Von Joshua will be the batter, part-timer this year at the age of 26. 234 hitter, just one home run. Left-hand bat in there against Blylevin. And the pitch in for a strike, it's nothing and one. We mentioned Gladden in left, Puckett and center. It's Brunanski in right for the Twins. Round the horn third to first, Gaetti, Gagny, Lombardozzi, and Herbeck. Tim Laudner's the catcher. No score, just getting going. Joshua, an Oakland native, wearing number 12. Swings and pegs it foul towards the third base seats. That'll be grabbed by a fan in acid-washed jeans and a denim jacket here in 87. Got Jimmy Wynn on deck. And the pitcher, Burt Blylevin, who ranks fifth all-time among pitchers in strikeouts, 14th in innings pitched, into the Hall of Fame in 2011. Little bit of a beard on that weathered face. He winds and deals a curve that's hit high in the air to right. Up against the backdrop of that tapioca sky here at the Metrodome. Bernanski has it. Kind of near the line. That's two down now. And here's a toy cannon. Here's Jimmy Wynn, comeback player of the year in 1974. 32 home runs, 108 runs batted in. He also walked 108 times as the Dodgers won 102. Longtime Houston Astro, before that a Houston Colt, 45. He had 55 runs batted in for Houston last year, nearly twice that total for the Dodgers in 74. Pitchers low from Blylevin, 1-0. Blylevin later on will be the color commentator for the Twins on TV. One of his trademarks, circling fans with a telestrator on the screen, and fans both at home and at road games that carry signs to the game saying, circle me, Bert. As the pitch rides high, 2-0 the count. 11's broadcast partner, Dick Bremer, not as great with a telestrator. He'll draw geometric forms that are decidedly non-circular. So the fans would start making signs like, Rhombus me, Dick, or Triangle me, Dick. Pitch in, it's low, 3-0. 11, a Dutchman, born in the Netherlands, but raised in Garden Grove, California, family actually moved to Melville, Saskatchewan for a little bit, but then back to Southern California. And it's funny that he's facing off against these Dodgers because as a boy growing up in California, this was his team, watching Sandy Koufax pitch, listening to Vin Scully on the radio. Here's the pitch. It's low, it's ball four. So a two-out walk for a speedy man, Jimmy Wynn. And here comes Steve Garvey, the charismatic first baseman and the NL MVP this year. 200-hit season, 111 runs batted in. Right-hand batter with a big smile, the dark hair, the number six across the back. Win edging that lead off at first. He had 18 steals this year, even at the age of 32. Here's the pitch. Gardner swings. He chops it on the ground to second base. Big friendly hop. Lombardozzi's got it. Over to first in time. And that's the inning. No runs, no hits, one left. And the 74 Dodgers turned away. Let's keep you in that 74 spirit as we pause for this.
0: Any other putter but a putt-putt-putter's gonna put it in a puddle up. But a putt-putt-putter is a much better putter, cause putt-putt makes it fun. So putt-putt for the fun of it, putt-putt for the fun of it. So bring a date and your brother or your mate and your mother and putt-putt a hole in one. Putt-putt-putt-putt-putt, putt-putt-putt, putt-putt, putt-putt makes it fun. So putt-putt for the fun of it, putt-putt
1: for the fun of it. Well, back to our own century now. Let's talk coffee, bean, and tea leaf here at the Metrodome. Since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world. Responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas. The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other. And now available for a limited time, we invite you to try their new Horchata Cold Brew Coffee or world famous Ice Blended. Next time you're at LAX in LA, Make sure you check it out, and if you're just rolling around L.A., you have plenty of places you can find your coffee bean and tea leaves. Don Sutton on the mound for the 74 Dodgers, bottom of the first about to begin at the Metrodome, no score. Sutton, the curly-haired righty, who's now 29 years old, 19-9 this year. Andy Messersmith 120. 20. Both guys made 40 starts this year. Sutton will eventually win 324 games, 58 of them shutouts, 5-1 hitters. He'll end up seventh on baseball's all-time strikeout list, close to 3,600. 16 of his 23 seasons will be spent with the Dodgers, only one 20-win season, but double-digit wins almost every season. Into the Hall of Fame with ease in 1998. He'll open with Dan Gladden, right-hand batter with long blonde hair, arrived just before opening day here in 87, traded in from the Giants. 249 hitter, eight home runs, he takes outside, ball one. Check the defense for you here. Buckner in left, Win in center, Willie Crawford in right. Say, Russell, Lopes, Garvey in the infield, Yeager is the catcher. As the pitch roars in for a strike, it's 1-1. One and one. Don Sutton, great pitcher, good talker, too. Celebrity panelist on Match Game with Gene Rayburn starting next year. He'll go on to be a terrific broadcaster for the Braves, but right now very simply a great pitcher. Like Bly Levin, mostly a fastball, curveball guy. Here's the pitch. It is a curveball hit in the air to left, not too deep. Bill Buckner is there. Bill Buckner a little towards center, puts it away, one out. No score between the 74 Dodgers and 87 Twins. Here's Roy Smalley, switch-hitting shortstop, son of a big leaguer who has the same name. Smalley hit 275 this year, eight home runs. 34 runs batted in. He takes a rocket fastball, too high, 1-0. This, of course, not the first time L.A. and Minnesota have met in a big baseball situation. A World Series of 65 went the full seven games. Best remembered for the heroics of Sandy Koufax, who didn't pitch in game one, fell on the Jewish holy day of Yom Kippur, but he pitched in game two, pitched shutouts in game five and game seven. With only two days of rest in between, Dodgers won the championship. As the pitch comes in at the knees for a strike, one and one. The Twins that year had won their first pennant since 1933 when they'd been the Washington Senators. Dodgers, though, capturing their second title in three years as the pitch is flipped outside 2-1. That was the first World Series in which both teams had losing records the previous year. It's happened since then a couple times, but it's actually involved the Twins a couple times in 87 and 91. Twins won the first two games of that 65 World Series against Dryasdale and Koufax. But once Claude Osteen shut out the Twins in game three, things absolutely turned around. Here's a 2-1 now. swinging a high fly ball towards first base. In the foul ground just a little bit. And Garvey's got it out number two. Smalley retired. Then it brings up the popular lefty, Kent Herbeck. 285 batter. 34 home runs, 90 runs batted in. Herbie, as they call him, will spend all 14 of his big league seasons here in his native Minnesota. Very underrated defensive first baseman, known first and foremost for that home run bat. He takes low in the dirt, ball one. He had his cup of coffee, as they say, at the end of the 81 season. Made the team out of spring training, came into his own in 82, playing for Manager Billy Gardner, at that point, hit 301 his rookie year, second in the Rookie of the Year voting to Cal Ripken Jr. Swings here, fouls are right at home plate. It's one and one. You know, the Twins would finish just 60 and 102 in that rookie season of Herbeck, but he and fellow rookies Laudner, Gaetti, Bernanski, Randy Bush, Frank Viola—that's pretty much the nucleus of the '87 World Series team. So they watered the grass and the flowers popped up very nicely. Pitch on the way. Herbeck swings and a high drive to right field. Back at the warning track. It goes Willie Crawford is there in front of the baggy. He makes the catch, and that ends the inning. At the end of one, there is no score. Bert Blylevin will be back at it. Let's catch up with Circle Me Bert. Rick Albert Blylevin, the Dutchman. Talking to us about what he remembers from that 87 Minnesota team.
2: i to go back to the manager. Tom Kelly took over the ball club in 86 when uh, they let uh, Ray Miller go. And, uh, you know, Tom Kelly was a type of guy that was in the minor leagues. He knew a lot of the guys, the Herbecks, the Gaetes, the Bernanskis, and everything gelled. Uh, Frank Viola and myself kind of led the pitching staff. We had Jeff Reardon in the bullpen as our closer. A lot of great setup guys to get to him. Uh, it was just a year that. I, uh, I think if you ask anybody on the '87 team, what they remember is when we beat Detroit, which we weren't supposed to beat. Right. Right. We came home, and at 11 o'clock at night, there were 55,000 people welcoming us back to Minnesota. And we didn't know if we we're going to play the Giants or, I believe, the uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. We ended up playing the Cardinals, won the first two games at home, w- went to St. Louis, lost three close ball games. Came back, even after that, we're down three to two. We knew we had the 10th player on the field, and that's the fans. Every time I get an opportunity to thank the fans in the five-state area, I say thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for, and that's what baseball is all about. Not only what you play between the lines, but it's performing in front of 50,000 people. And it, it, it's so appreciative of all the players that one night that we came back after going to the World Series, that they were there to support us.
1: All right, thanks so much to Bert Blylevin. This game scoreless for now. We're going to move ahead to further action, get you a little bit of scoring here. It comes in the bottom of the fourth. Smalley a single to left. Herbeck pops to short. But then Kirby Puckett with a single to left field. Tom Bernanski rolling into a 6 4 fielder's choice. That sets up Gary Gaetti for a big two out single to center. That scores Smalley, 1 nothing Minnesota. Top of the fifth, though, the Dodgers answer right back after Lope strikes out. Von Joshua slicing a double into the right field corner, getting by-a-diving Tom Bernanski. Same catch he did make for the Red Sox later in his career, but this time not so much. After Jimmy Wynn, grounded out to short. Two-out knock from Steve Garvey in a left. RBI single tying the game 1-1. to So we go to the bottom of the fifth inning. Here is Steve Lombardozzi at the plate, bottom of the order. 4-12 batter in the 87 World Series for the Malden, Massachusetts native. Played his college ball for the University of Florida. Wearing number four, batting right-handed. Pitch on the way, swings, and he ropes it into right field. That'll get to the alley up into right center. Base hit, and on towards second base. Lombardozi's going to make it, churning there. The throw coming in from Willie Crawford way too late. First pitch double to right for an underappreciated Steve Lombardozzi. Following the 87 and 88 seasons, the Twins would look to upgrade, bringing in Tommy Hur from the Cardinals, then Wally Backman from the Mets. Lombardozi would eventually pinball to the Astros at the end of spring training of 89 for career minor league outfielder Roman Cedeno. The Lombardozzi Lambo at second right now. Here's Gladden, originally Giants property, future radio broadcaster for the Twins. Right now, a great RBI opportunity. He takes outside. It's one and out. 1-1 tie for now. And the Dazzle Man, as they call this native California, played his college ball at Fresno State. Sutton's got the sign. And now the pitch. Line drive, base hit, right center field. Around comes the run to give the Twins the lead 2-1 here in the fifth inning. Lombardozi scores without a throw. Dan Gladden able to peg that ball the other way. And Minnesota squeaking ahead here. Dan Gladden, one of the seven twins to be part of both the 87 and 91 World Series teams. Randy Bush, Greg Gagne, Kirby Puckett, Gene Larkin, Kent Herbeck, and Al Newman are the others. So now Roy is Smalley. Roy Smalley, the third at the plate, one out of two so far. Gladden runs, and the pitch taken for a strike. The throw down is going to be in time. Dan Gladden out. Oh, he is just going to kind of stalk away here. I don't think he got a great jump. Steve Yeager put it right on the bag. Davey Lopes slamming down that tag on him. Maybe that's what Gladden's upset about, is how hard that tag went down. But he's out, and it's 0-1 to Smalley. Former USC standout. His arrival and departure from the Twins, both involving blockbuster trades. 1976, he was traded to the Twins, along with Mike Cubbage and Bill Singer and Jim Gideon for Blylevin and shortstop Danny Thompson, who was battling leukemia. Pitch in the dirt here, one and one. Smalley then left the Twins for a bit, went to the Yankees in 82 for Ron Davis and Greg Gagne. Went on to the White Sox, now back to Minnesota for their switch hitter batting left. And the pitch on the way. Ground ball toward short. That'll be picked very easily. Bill Russell's got it across. And there's out number two in the inning. 87 Twins ahead, 2-1. to one. Here's Kent Herbeck. Had a big grand slam in Game 6 of the World Series in 87 off Cardinals reliever Ken Daly. That pretty much sealed the win for the Twins. Pitch to him is low, ball one. Herbeck quite the hunter, quite the fisherman here in his home state of Minnesota. Kent Herbeck Outdoors was on Fox Channel 9 for a while. Pitch to him, it's a strike at the knees. It's one and one. Herbeck's numbers never really approach those of Puckett. Puckett absolutely Hall of Fame material, but this is more of an Eric Karros, Will Clark, Greg Luzinski, Dave Justice kind of a career we're talking about with Herbeck, who takes on the outside corner, strike two. In the year 2000, his first year of Hall of Fame eligibility, only five votes for Herbie, Nowhere near the 5% minimum threshold to stay eligible. The boy they love him here in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Wearing number 14 on that pinstriped uniform, front leg inverted just a bit. Here's a pitch from Sutton. It's chopped on the ground to short. Takes a big springy hop, Bill Russell plays it, gunning it across to Garvey at first, and that's the inning. But the Twins have taken the lead. It is now 2-1. to one. You guys want to do that move ahead to further action thing? <laughs> yeah, I figured you might. It was a Bill Buckner home run that would tie things up in the top of the sixth inning 2-2. Solo shot. Bill Buckner won a batting crown. We were just having that conversation about almost Hall of Famers. I mean, this is a guy that seven times hit 300, came within a season and a half of being in that elite 3,000-hit club. But, nope, never really got a lot of play for that either. Anyway, this game would stay 2-2 with the Buckner home run standing up through the seventh, through the eighth, and through the ninth. And a kind of 1991 Game 7 World Series style. The starters sticking around. Blylevin, a full nine. Sutton, a full nine. They're both looking to stay on the mound as we go to the top of the 10th. Tied 2-2. Von Joshua will lead it off here. One for four to this point. Left-hand batter. One of only three lefties on this team for the 74 Dodgers. Buckner and Willie Crawford, the others. Blylevin flips in a curve. It's in the dirt 1-0. He's at 123 pitches now. But we should note, Blylevin went 10 full innings a few times in his Hall of Fame career. He once had an 11-inning shutout with 13 strikeouts against Milwaukee at County Stadium. Now he pours in a strike to Joshua, 1-1. Blylevin really got going back in the 70s as a Texas Ranger, but after an incident... Where Blylevin gave the finger to a TV camera during a very rare Rangers nationally televised broadcast. Blylevin was traded to the Pirates. First four-team trade in Major League Baseball history. Blylevin had a no-hitter in his final start as a Ranger. Nobody on, nobody out. Here's the pitch to Joshua. That ball launched in the air towards right center field. Could be trouble. Puckett closing, Brunanski closing. They bang into each other. Ball gets away. Puckett gets back up. He's going to pick it up. That ball's still rolling as he gets it. Joshua coming around second. He's headed for third. Throw comes on a couple of hops. Too late. Looks like both fielders are OK, but they tripped going after it. Puckett and Brunanski basically reaching that ball at the same time. Their legs got tangled, down they both went. And as that ball picked up speed on the AstroTurf, there was Puckett that had to go race it down near the warning track. Von Joshua stands at third base now with nobody out at the top of the 10th inning. Boy, what a break here for the 74 Dodgers. Infield coming in, and here is Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon. Not even 5'10", but he packs so much pop. Kind of like Kirby Puckett when you think about it. Jimmy Wynn back in 1966. He talked about chasing a fly ball in the outfield. He crashed into the outfield wall at Connie Mack Stadium, chasing down a Dick Allen fly ball. That ended up not only in missing the rest of the year, but that was a game-winning inside-the-park home run for Dick Allen. But Jimmy Wynn returned to form in 67, was terrific the next several years. Had a down year in 73, as we mentioned. A a bounce back with the Dodgers now in 74. Pitch from Blylevin is a strike. It's nothing in one. Runner at third, nobody out. Blylevin's had a bounce back himself here in Minnesota. His first two full seasons, back with the Twins. Yeah, they produced those home run records. 50 in one season, 46 in the other. He had never given up more than 24 in a single season before that, never more than 21 after that. But those two spikes. Here's the pitch. It's low. It's 1 and 1. Bird will end up with the Angels in 89, 2.73 ERA, 17 and 5 record. And then he'll get to the 91 season and miss it with rotator cuff surgery back in 92 but pretty much unproductive. He'd have to retire just shy of 300 wins, 287 of them, but with 3,701 strikeouts. He could use the strikeout here. Runner at third, infield in, pitch outside. It's 2-1. and one. So these teams each getting single runs, twins in the fourth and the fifth, Dodgers in the fifth and the sixth. And now on the tenth, looking to break the tie is Jimmy Wynn. Joshua down the line at third. Now the pitch. High fly ball left field. That should be deep enough. Dan Gladden back near the warning track makes the catch. He'll fire in, but no way they're going to get Joshua. He scores standing up. It's 3-2. Well, Gladden can appreciate coming home in late innings on a sack fly. He'll do that to win a World Series in a Minnesota uniform. But this time it's Von Joshua who does it. Home run, Henke Wavers are quiet. Base is clear. Here's Garvey, who's back kind of close to home. He starred in baseball and football over at Michigan State. Spartans used to play here in Minneapolis against the Golden Gophers. Here's the pitch. Swinging another fly ball towards left. Once again, Dan Gladden's got the range. This time, a shorter fly ball. He makes the catch in regular depth left field. Two down, and that'll bring up Steve Yeager. Dodger catcher, 0 for 3 with a walk in this one. 266 batter with a dozen home runs. Joe Ferguson, the other Dodger catcher. He's a righty just like Jaeger. The other bats on the bench, mostly right-handers. Lee Lacey, Tom Pachorik, Ken McMullen, Manny Mota. Here's a pitch. Swing a roller towards third. Gaetti, the gold glover, no problem fielding this one. Slings it across to first, and that's the inning. But that leadoff triple by Von Joshua, then the sack fly by Jimmy Wynn. 3-2, 74 Dodgers as we go to the bottom of inning 10. And it is going to be, yeah, no call to the bullpen yet. Don Sutton coming back out. And we go right to it here in the bottom of the 10th inning. Roy Smalley to lead it off. He singled and scored in the second. And, yeah, Sutton, like Blylevin, looking to turn in a full 10 innings. The Dodgers do have Mike Marshall up in the bullpen. Marshall, a 15-game winner out of that pen, getting into those 106 games. But for now, Sutton keeps the motor running. He's facing Smalley, Herbeck, and Puckett, leading 3-2. to two, And he blasts in a strike. It's nothing and one. Sutton sometimes accused of doctoring the ball, but... Whether he's doing that or not here, that curve, that knuckle curve has been fantastic here today. Getting the sign from Yeager, Sutton out of the full wind, and now the pitch. That's a fly ball chipped towards right, not deep. He took a rip at a curve ball, but Smalley's going to be the first out of the inning. It is caught out there by Willie Crawford, one down. So now, with a nervous crowd, here's Kent Herbeck, the Twins' first baseman. You know, the Dodgers' first baseman, Mr. Garvey, didn't always get along with Don Sutton, He was trying to bring this game to a close right now. It was a summer of 78. There was a physical altercation. Sutton had criticized what he thought was excessive media attention being paid to Garvey, saying Reggie Smith was really the team's best player, and Garvey confronted Sutton about the comments before a, a game against the Mets. Those guys came to blows. Pitch is in there for a strike. It's nothing and one. Home run will tie this thing. Don Sutton got to swing the bat a lot playing all that time in the National League. Never did hit a home run. He's got the Major League record for most at-bats without one. This is a guy who seven times in his career pitched nine innings but got a no decision. And a chance that could happen here, going 10 if Herbeck hits one out. But the pitch of strike, it's nothing and two. Sutton wearing number 20. He's 29 now, here in 1974. He'll still be pitching at the age of 43, ending right where he started as an L.A. Dodger. The Astros, Brewers, A's, and Angels in between. Sutton won the final three of his 324 career games as a Dodger in 88, as they were on their way to a World Series title. Oh, and to the count. Herbeck in and ready. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Down he goes. All right, and now let's listen in. Might be our last chance to listen to the PA man, Bob Casey. Party third in center field, number 34 Kirby. Yeah, here is the very popular Kirby Puckett, who singled back in the fourth in this one. This season, a 332 hitter for his career, 318. A career that ended early because of eye issues, The popular native Chicago and taking its ball one outside. 28 home runs, 99 runs batted in in the regular season for Puckett this year, then the big World Series at 357. Of course, as timely as postseason extra base, hit will happen in 91 hitting it out against the Braves and Jack Buck will see you tomorrow night. Next pitch is outside 2 and 0. Twins all-time leader in career hits, runs, and total bases. Stocky right-hand hitter, wearing 34 on his back. Taking here, and it's a strike, 2-1. 3-2 ball game. last of the 10th. Kirby Puckett, an all-star, the final 10 years of his Major League career. Was third in Rookie of the Year voting back in 84. Finished behind a couple of Mariners. Mark Langston and Alvin Davis. Roger Clemens finished sixth. Two spots behind the twin second baseman, Tim Tuffle. Rock on the rubber, here's the pitch. Swing, bouncing ball right at short. Bill Russell's got it. He'll whip it across to first, and that's the ball game. 10 innings in the books for Sutton. That was 10 for Blylevin as well. But Sutton with the win, giving up seven hits, striking out seven. Blylevin gave up 10 hits. Also struck out seven. Walked only one. Outstanding for him. Gave up that home run to Buckner. Then there was that triple by Von Joshua when Puckett and Brunanski got tangled in right center. That was the key hit in the top of the 10th inning. Final line score 3-10-1 for the winning Dodgers. 2-7-0. and The final line score for the now eliminated 87 Minnesota Twins. So congratulations to the 74 Dodgers. They move on. Next week by the way, we're going to keep it in California entirely got an I-5 series between the 98 NL pennant winning San Diego Padres and the World Series champion 1988 LA Dodgers that's what we have to look forward to next Monday that's when the podcast drop is first things Monday mornings and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet we certainly hope that you will the throwback league is on iTunes Spotify anywhere you usually get your podcast got the website up That's thethrowbackleague.com. You can follow us along on Twitter as well, at thethrowbacklg, short for league. I'm short myself. I I can absolutely get with that one. My name is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for listening. Again, the final score in this one. It was a 74 Dodgers 3, the 87 Twins 2.